Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. Continuing our series, Go. And uh, what's really kind of cool is, uh, in a way, it feels like we're stopping before we're continuing to go. And I want to share a little bit more about what that means. Uh, at the very end, I'm going to share a few thoughts out of God's Word for us to, to kind of bring home what we're talking about. But uh, I've brought Pastor AJ up here with me today. And um, one of the ways that he serves is not only coming in and teaching on a Sunday, but he also oversees our outreach. And so he's kind of our uh, outreach pastor. He uh, has been uh, planning and been praying over uh, how we're going to have a greater impact in our city. And so I thought it would be really cool today to have him come up and share some of the plans and the strategy of what we're trying to do and, and how we're really going to make this become part of the DNA of our church. And so... Um, but you might have noticed last weekend and here in the next couple of weeks, we're having a video where we're kind of interviewing Pastor Jeremiah and Josh Brimmer, who's on our leadership team. Uh, we're interviewing them and talking about what it looks like to jump out of an airplane. And so, um, AJ, I wanted to kind of ask you, what are your thoughts and the imagery and, and why did we decide to use something like that and do an interview style? Yeah, so the reason and the heart behind doing those interviews and, and having these videos is that um, going out into the community, going into Clarksville and mobilizing as a church, um, there's a lot of parallels to that and um, what Pastor Jeremiah and what um, Josh have been sharing with us in that it's scary sometimes, it's hard. Um, we think about um, the idea of jumping out of an airplane, the nervousness that you feel, but we also think about the, the point of doing that. Um, the reason why um, we have people in the military who are willing to jump out of airplanes into um, enemy territories because there is a mission that needs to get done, and despite the fear that may come along with it, without people being willing to make that jump, the work's not going to happen. And um, we wanted to kind of tie some of those parallels together as we go out as a church and sort of metaphorically leap out of the plane into our city behind spiritual um, enemy territory, and we go out to present the gospel, to do um, work that's going to make an impact for the name of Jesus in Clarksville, um, there's going to be a lot of similar feelings. And that's kind of um, a little bit about the heart um, of why we're doing those videos. And I think it'll be interesting as the weeks progress, um, you'll notice that a lot of the questions that are being asked um, are going to tie into the messages that we're, we're going through in this series that we've called Go. Um, there's going to be a lot of um, connections and parallels. And I want you guys to be thinking about that as well, of how those things tie together. Yeah. Now, um, I personally would never have jumped out of an airplane or would jump out of an airplane. Would you do that? Uh, with the right people around with me, I think I would do it. <laughs> well, maybe I would too, yeah. Now, uh, to be a little interactive, if you're watching and you can chat, maybe you could say, I've jumped or I will never jump. I'm just curious how many people would actually jump out of an airplane personally. Um, I think I could, I, by myself, if I had to pay money and just do it, I don't think I would. That would be a lot more scary. That would be a lot more like, Here's yeah. the shoot. <laughs> Good, Good luck. luck to you. 
That would be a lot scarier. <laughs> that would Definitely. be very scary. So um, we've been, we're in this series called Go, and we, are, we have this video kind of showing the metaphor of jumping into our city, making an impact for it. But um, this isn't something that we're just kind of guessing at or saying, you know, this feels really good, or we want to keep uh, you a little busy or add some more things onto your calendar. Uh, it's something that we've really been praying about over this last year. So all of 2021, uh, it really has been on my heart. And then finally, Finding out it's been on your heart and the whole leadership team's heart to really make a greater impact in our city. And so um, I, I, I'm just curious because, of course, you oversee it. You've prayed a lot about it. You're strategizing about it. I thought it'd be good if you kind of share to the church kind of our plan and the strategy of how we're not only going to do it this year, but all, all throughout the life of the church. Yeah, exactly. So there has been a ton of prayer um, poured into this all throughout last year in preparation for this year. And not just by me, like Nate said, but the whole pastoral team, the whole leadership team, we've all been discussing what this looks like. And we've also recognized that um, in the past, we haven't done the greatest job of mobilizing as a church. Um, we've done a few things here and there, but for the most part, we've been very internally focused. Um, and other than that, we, we might go out once a year, um, but, but outside of that, we're, we're not doing a lot. And we want to change that because what we've recognized is the mark of a um, maturing church, um, not just personally, but all of us as a, mm. as a body, a church body, a maturing church is going to go out and, and begin to get more engaged in ministry in the community and in yeah. um, wherever they're located. And for us, that's Clarksville. Mm-hmm. So as we were praying about all of this, I oversee the different aspects of outreach. And what I wanted to do is start to connect with leaders that we already have in the church. Um, there's a lot of ministries that are outside of Awaken. Um, there's ministries connected to Awaken specifically as well. But we have leaders who have been faithfully serving there mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Um, we have people who know what it's like to be going out into the city already. And what we wanted to do is not reinvent the wheel or anything like that. But we want to give um, everyone who goes to Awaken the opportunity to get connected to these different ministries mm-hmm. and to specifically get tied to these leaders who are already out there. Um, because these guys have shown themselves to be faithful. The, these guys and girls have shown themselves to be um, consistent and that they're, they're going to be there. We don't have to worry about them coming and going. So if we can get tied to them, if we can get connected to them, we'll be able to grow. We'll be able to be more consistent. And also, honestly, one of the most important aspects of that is we aren't going to have to worry about um, going out alone. So what we're asking mm-hmm. you guys when we yeah. talk about throughout this series, mobilizing, when we talk about um, going out into the community, what we don't mean is, hey, we want to encourage you to go just figure it out by yourself. Like, that's not what we're talking about doing. What we want is for you guys to be able to get connected to other people and grow and walk alongside them in this, almost like um, a first day of work where you're shadowing somebody. That's very much how it will be as we begin to go out. So you're not all by yourself. So what we're going to do as we begin to mobilize as a church and as we begin to go out is we're going to focus on three areas, um, three areas that I think most of us um, will fall into one of these categories. And um, the, the first area is going to be community connection. So what we're looking for in that is making connections out in Clarksville with different um, communities who um, are maybe in need or have different um, things that opportunities for us to, to make an impact in people's lives and different families or um, it could be organizations, but we're specifically trying to get a foothold 
in our communities to grow relationships with um, people outside the church. Um, so that just that can look very simple. It can look like getting groceries for people. It can look like meeting with people, having coffee with them. It can look like taking care of people's yeah. kids. It can look like so many different things, but that's how we begin to build relationships. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be one area, community connection. Um, the other area is going to be evangelism. So specifically sharing the gospel with people, um, um, bringing the gospel to people who haven't heard it at all, or maybe people who have, who have heard it, but it hasn't resonated, or maybe they've walked away from the church for a long time. But we want to share the gospel with them and, and bring people, not just to awaken, but bring people to Jesus. That's our ultimate yeah. goal in that. So that's a, a major aspect of ministry and outreach that we're going to be focusing on, or another branch of outreach is evangelism. And then third is physical labor. And this one, initially, when I say that, seems the, the least spiritual, <laughs> but it's actually an incredible um, opportunity, and it's a really good launching point for all of the other aspects that we're talking about. Yeah. But I know for me specifically, it's, that's, this has been an area that I've found easy to get into. Um, it's easy for me to say, hey, I know a little bit about construction. I know how to clean up people's yards, do yard work, stuff like that. Um, I, I'm willing to do that. I feel a little less comfortable talking to people right now, but I'm, I can go do that. So we have opportunities for um, our, our church to go out and do those types of things, where it's physical labor, it's, it's contractor work, it could be electrical work, it could mm -hmm. be um, working on vehicles and cars as a mechanic, it could be yard work, it, it could be a whole bunch of different things, but that's a launching point for us to get involved. So as our church gets involved in those areas... Um, you'll be shadowing those leaders who have been doing it for a while, who mm -hmm. begin to show you and teach you, hey, this is how you use those skills and abilities to begin to speak into people's lives, to begin to make an impact. So it's not just community service, because anybody can do community service, and that's good. Community service yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. But we don't want to be a church who just is um, providing welfare and community service. We want to bring the spiritual work into those things. Mm -hmm. That's where real impact is happening, and, and that can be tricky. So that's what we're trying to learn to do as a church, and this has been prayed over for a long time, and we'll, we'll be mentioning the specific ministries as we go forward and as I kind of work with these different leaders and talk with them about what the best ways to connect you guys with them will be, but it's going to be a growing process. Um, like I mentioned, we haven't been the greatest at this in the past. So we are, we are learning as we go, in a sense, we have those strong leaders already, so we're not just blindly going out there. We have vision for what it will look like. We have um, plans, and we have these, these strong leaders in place, but it will be a learning mm -hmm. process. We're yeah. going to be growing slowly, and there's going to be growing pains, and we're going to have to figure certain aspects out as we go, but that's part of the excitement of it. Um, we're not just claiming that we have it all together, and we know everything <laughs> about everything, but we're letting you guys know, hey, be on the lookout. If you see better ways to do this, let us know. If you um, have skills that maybe we haven't thought about, bring those up. But at the same time, we have trustworthy leaders that we can follow to yeah. get this ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said uh, last Sunday, I, I was so excited to see that um, the tornadoes that went through in December, uh, the very beginning part of December, we really saw uh, a, the church step up. I think it was something like 
uh, 50 to 60 people were going out to um, Mayfield and to Dawson Springs and, and really making connections. They, they were also meeting people right where they were at in a very difficult time, but sharing the hope of Jesus in, uh, with them in that situation. And uh, they were able to do some cleanup. And, and I know a lot of people even gave to uh, support what was going on there as well. And so um, just be on the lookout. We're going to mention it. I think when we do our vision points, we're constantly bringing up, hey, we've got this ministry coming up, or uh, maybe you could serve here. And so periodically, you're just going to hear about um, some needs that arise in our community. And so um, really, the, the series and these messages are really just geared toward equipping you to kind of giving you the why behind why we're trying to, to make an impact in our city. And so um, I'm really excited to see what the Lord's going to do. And so I appreciate all the hard work that you put into it and, and the work that's been prayed over. And so um, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. And so, um, but I do want to kind of um, close our time right now with uh, just bringing you some thoughts from God's word. And uh, I think it's always really cool when we have these moments where we can get up and share kind of what's going on. We've done this periodically throughout the church. Uh, we've, uh, in our giving series we did last year, we kind of had a, a panel of people to kind of explain this to you and, and talk about practically how that works out. And so I'm excited when we have times where we can pause and we can uh, present ideas and explain a little bit further. But I do always want to make sure we're always pointing back to God's word and, and pulling something out for us to um, learn and, and to encourage us and maybe even challenge us. And uh, what better day than a snow day than to make us stop before we even go? And uh, I, I think sometimes we think of the snow as kind of like an inconvenience, as kind of annoyance. Maybe that's you right now on a snow day. You're like, this really stinks right now. I can't believe that it snowed and now I am like, stuck at home. I saw some news report uh, this morning uh, that said um, that uh, it would be good if you could stay in your house from Saturday afternoon all the way till about Tuesday. And I was like, that is a long time to be stuck in your house. And so uh, I think a lot of us, we can view snow days as an inconvenience or annoyance because we're like, we just need to get these kids back to school. We had almost a month with them. Like we, we don't need more time. We need to have a little separation right now. And, but I think snow days are good for us. In fact, I read an article um, just a couple days ago about how snow days actually have health benefits for us. Uh, they allow us to sleep a little bit more, uh, exercise more. I know that in the snow, I'm right now out there pushing my kids on my snowboard on this little bit of a slope that we have, and they're having a good time with that. And I know I'm going to be out shoveling the driveway, which I am not used to doing and I don't like doing, but I'm going to get some exercise doing that. And that it also allows us to kind of take a break from just the hustle and the busyness of life. So snow days have benefits for us, but I think sometimes we think that the annoyance and the inconvenience outweighs those health benefits. But I also want to let you know that I believe snow days also uh, have spiritual uh, health for us as well, that it's good for us spiritually because it allows you to stop, pause, and prioritize Jesus in your life. I think snow days are good because they force you to stop and kind of be still for a minute before you get out and you go again. 
And that's what we're really going to see here in Luke chapter 2. We're going to see two characters that we're very familiar with, Mary and Joseph. Now, they're not in a snowstorm, but they're in the busyness of life. And uh, they left their hometown of Nazareth, and they're headed to Jerusalem, um, and they're celebrating the Feast of Passover. And uh, they're kind of done, and they're ready to get home. You've probably been like that, family vacation. It's coming to the end. You're like, I got to get home. You know, you're in a hurry to get home, get out of the hotel, get out of the Airbnb, and get back home. And so that's kind of where they're at. They're so busy to get back home that they forget to stop and ask one important question, and it's where is Jesus? And so that's the question that I want to present to us today is where is Jesus in your life? And so if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 41 through 50 today. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen as well. But uh, let's see what uh, God's word has to say to us today. It says, verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went out a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they, had, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw them, or saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the things that he had spoken to them. So again, the feast, it's over. They're packing up. They're heading out to go back home. And they're a day into this journey. And all of a sudden they go, I don't really see Jesus around. And so they start asking this question, where's Jesus? This is kind of the biblical version of Home Alone, uh, one of my favorite movies. But that's kind of what we're playing out and what we're seeing right here. And I kind of like to picture that here's Joseph, he's walking along and he's like, you know, I haven't seen Jesus in a while. I wonder where he is. And he's probably like, hey, Mary, where's Jesus? Mary's like, I don't know. I thought he was with you. And it's kind of like all of a sudden, I think they have this realization that, oh no, we're a day into this journey and we have no clue where Jesus is. And it's kind of like, I think they both might've gotten a little fight and they were like, well, you know what? We had only one job to do and it's not to lose the son of God. He's the only one, there's no others, so we can't lose him. But what do we do? We lost him. And so they're like, how do we do this? How could we leave him? How did we lose him? And so it says that they were going among their friends and their family and they're going, have you seen him? Have you seen him? And they realize he's not there. So they turn back and they're looking for him in Jerusalem. And here's what I think is interesting to me about this story is that they assumed Jesus was following them. I think that's important for us to take note of. They just assumed, ah, we're going and Jesus is following us. But when they discovered that he wasn't with them anymore, they began this frantic search to find Jesus. And after three days, which is a very long time, you might have made some mistakes as a parent, but you didn't make this big of a mistake. I mean, this is like parent uh, irresponsibility just right out there for all of us to see. 
But after three days, they find Jesus in Jerusalem, in the temple. He's asking some questions. He's teaching them. And they're all amazed at what this 12-year-old boy knows. And so when they find Jesus, Mary's just like, Jesus, where the heck were you? Like, do you know what you were doing to me? You're killing me, son. Like, I can't believe we've been searching all over for you. And I think Jesus, at least I read it this way, seems a little sassy. He kind of goes, where do you think I would be? I would be in my father's house doing my father's business. And so here's how this story applies to us. Where is Jesus? Because the reality is we leave our homes and we come to church and we worship. And it's amazing. I love when Kelly and the team get up here and they, they lead us in worship. And uh, Jacob and the, the media team do a great job of broadcasting our services. And, uh, you know, we've got a whole team of people that I think make our worship sound so great and, and, and lead us into worship so well. We open up God's word and we always teach. And I, to me, I at least feel like it's amazing because every weekend I'm always challenged by something in God's word. And it's good for us to get around other people, to be prayed over and, and to hear what's going on in other people's lives. And so what ends up happening is we come to church and we get filled up, we get inspired, and then we leave and we get back to our lives, get back to our homes, back to our jobs. But we leave Jesus at church. We love our Sundays with Jesus. We love our small groups with Jesus. But we leave Jesus at church and we leave him out of our daily lives. We don't make time for him in prayer. We're too busy. We don't have time to pray. We don't make time for him getting into his word to allow him to speak to us, to encourage us, to challenge us. We don't bring him into our workplace, into our schools. We aren't living our lives with an eternal mindset. And I think that we forget that he lives inside of us, that he's empowered us. But I think a lot of times we leave Jesus at church, and I don't think we do this on purpose. We just assume, like Mary and Joseph did here in our story, we just assume, well, Jesus is following me. Jesus is following my plans. I've got my course. He's just going to follow me. And I want to remind you of this fact. And you've heard me say it before, but in case you haven't, you need to be reminded of this, that Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. See, Jesus is a terrible follower because he's the leader. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He doesn't follow us. He leads us. And really this year and throughout the life of this church, he's going to lead us not to just come to church and to receive, although that is important for us to do. It's important for us to get around people, to worship. It does something to us. I mean, the Bible tells us that it stirs us up, that it's good for us to be in God's house. I truly do believe it. I've talked to people who have been away because of COVID and they're immune compromised and they're feeling that it's safe to come back. They've got the vaccine and I'm so excited to see all of them. And they go, you know, church at home was good. I enjoyed it, but it does something for me when I'm around other people. And so I'm not trying to say we need to neglect church, but we do need to uh, get around other people, to get around other believers, to come to his house. But the reality is often Jesus will lead us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone. And this year, we are prioritizing as a church to have an impact for Jesus in our city. But I think when it's like snow days, we can slow down in our lives. We can kind of like put a lot of things on pause. I know that sometimes with snow days, it's a little annoying because it feels like our life, our to-do list is going to pile up and pile up, kind of like the snow. It's just going to keep going. But I think it's important for us from time to time to stop before we go. We have to stop and make sure that we haven't left Jesus behind that we haven't decided to go our own way, that we've forgotten about Jesus and then we're frantically searching for him. 
We need to ask ourselves periodically, where is Jesus? And so from time to time, we have to stop and make sure that we are going with Jesus. And like we said earlier, I'm so excited the fact that um, we as a leadership team, as pastors, we have prayed before we've ever moved. And that's one of the values that we have as a church, that we pray before we ever do anything. We're not going to just go ahead of God and say, Lord, would you just bless this? This is our ideas. These are our plans. But we actually pray and say, Lord, is this of you? Is this what you want us to do? And so I'm really excited this next year, and and again, through the life of the church, that as we've prayed about this, that we're keeping in step with the Lord, that we haven't gotten in front of him, and uh, we're right in step with what he's calling us to do. And so again, today, I would encourage you on this snowy day to not view it as an inconvenience or as it being annoying, but for you to just kind of stop, ask yourself, where is Jesus? And maybe reprioritize some things in your life so that you're not like Mary and Joseph going, where is Jesus? Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.